Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Amen. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Man, that was enthusiastic. <laughs> God is good. He is so good. He is so good all the time. There are so many testimonies, and just the goodness of God is just so mind-blowing. He's been pouring out his spirit. We've seen so many testimonies of healing and breakthrough and people having dreams and visions and encounters with the Lord and healing and deliverance and stuff. God is good. He is with us. He's in us. He is all about all those things. Amen. He is delivering freedom. He's delivering healing. He is still about those things today. His arm has not been shortened since the days of the Bible. Amen. Amen. He cares about you. He is for you. He didn't die on the cross and give you Holy Spirit living inside of you so that you could just sit and uh, be depressed. Amen. (laughs) That's not what he set out to do. So Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that you are here. Lord, we thank you, Father. We welcome you in our midst, God. We don't want to preach about you. We don't want to talk about you, but we want to be with you and encounter you. I just pray, Lord, that even as I preach and as we as we listen, Lord, that we are listening with you, that I'm preaching with you, that our hearts are connected and uh, in, in just a tangible way. And we just thank you so much for it. Lord, we ask for your anointing, God. It's your anointing that goes forth and breaks yokes of bondages, God. So we just ask for your anointing without measure in Jesus' name. And we just thank you for it, Lord. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Jesus is the great I am. Amen. He's the great I am. He is the king of glory. He is the alpha and the omega. Amen. He is outside of time. He's also our friend. He's also our father. He's also our bridegroom. Amen. He is not just my life coach. He is my Lord. Amen. This is, again, where we get to hold tensions between two truths. Absolutely, we have intimacy. Absolutely, we have this closeness. But there is also a yes, sir, in my spirit. There's times that he'll, he'll say things to me. It's like, yes, yes, sir. Amen. And we can have the fullness of that relationship. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, before you get too scared... Um, we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord in, um, in maybe a different way than you've processed before. Obviously, when I talk about the fear of the Lord, I'm not talking about being terrified of the Lord, being scared to be in his presence. That's not what we're talking about. When we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about the awe, the reverence for who he is, that he is, he is not just our buddy, but he is also the person that created anything and everything that we've ever seen or thought of. Amen. And we can hold both tensions in our relationship with him. Amen? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, we're going to switch gears for a second. And um, if this is going to seem out of left field, but it's going to make sense in a minute. So, um, I love the moment in weddings um, when the bride walks down the aisle 
and you know how everyone stands or they're supposed to stand and they turn their attention to the bride. Um, during that moment, what I love to do and maybe some of you love to do is I love to turn and look at the groom's face. Anyone ever done that? Looked at the groom's face to see his reaction as he watches the bride coming down the aisle. And so uh, we have uh, this video that we're going to show you um, that is going to, uh, to show uh, groom's faces. So here we go. Did you catch that last scripture? Be ready to, let's play that one more time in just a moment. Did you catch that scripture? Amen. Isaiah 62, 5. As the bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so shall the Lord rejoice over you. 
And I'm telling you, this is not my analogy that I came up with. That is the Lord's analogy for how he looks at you. So we're going to play that one more time. And this time, rather than, oh, it's so cute. Look at how he's looking at her. I want you to see the Father's eyes looking at you coming down the aisle because this is how he feels about you. Let's play that one more time. is how he feels about you. That is his face when he looks at you. That is the delight in his heart over you. That is the love that he feels. I love that picture where he's like, yes, the battle that he fought on the cross for you. He fought so that you would see how loved that you are, so that you could be the bride. Amen. There's another element to walking in the fear of the Lord. It's that when he says things like that, we say, yes, sir. Who are we to argue with what he says about us and how he feels about us? Amen? That's, that's why I feel so strongly um, 
with preachers and teachers and things like that, don't beat the bride. Don't beat the bride. Tell her who she is. Tell her how the groom feels about her. Tell her what she was created for. Tell her the massive battle that he fought for her to be like, yes, she's mine. Amen? Walking in the fear of the Lord means that when we hear the blessings of the Lord, we say amen. We say yes and amen to his presence being with us at all times. Amen? We say, yes, sir, who am I to argue with you? Amen? Don't beat the bride. Don't beat the sheep. I, I feel so strongly about the church. The church is beautiful, and Jesus believes in the church. He says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Amen. We don't need to beat her bride. We don't need to beat the sheep. We just need to reveal to her who she is. Amen. Amen. Don't beat the sheep. Tell them who they are and what they were created for. So we're going to chat some more about the two trees. If you missed this, uh, this teaching, you can catch it on the podcast or on one of our past live streams. I don't even remember what the message is called, but you'll see me go back and forth a lot in that message. So uh, over here we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? God created this tree, and he said, don't touch it, don't eat of it. It surely will produce death. When we ate of it, we died spiritually, amen? And that's the problem that Jesus came to solve. It's not that we were bad, but that we were dead spiritually, amen? And then over here, we have the tree of life, and the tree of life is eternal life. We find that in Jesus Christ, amen? He is the way, the truth, and the life, Amen. This tree over here is the tree of connection. This is how we relate to God. This is the only way we can relate to God is through Jesus Christ and our connection and relationship with him. Amen. This over here is how we thought we could relate to God through rules and obligations and have-tos and shoulds, but this way all only produces death, and you cannot connect to God through this tree. Amen. So that's just like a really quick review. So... Here's what we waste a lot of time doing in our Christian walk. We waste a lot of time focusing on sin when Jesus already dealt with it. Amen? Focusing on sin is a waste of time, okay? Trying to defeat the enemy is a waste of time because he's already defeated. Amen? He's already defeated, okay? Trying to become a branch. When Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And then we say, oh, I got to try and be a branch. And he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. <laughs> you are connected to me. Be the branch. He already created us that way. That was the lie, the original lie in the garden, right? Is if you eat of this tree, you will be like God. That's, that's the lie because they already were like God. Scripture already said he made them in his own image, in the likeness of God. Amen? Uh, we also waste our time trying to determine God's will about healing. Matthew 10.8 says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. It's not up for debate. Did you ever see Jesus approach someone and say, no, I'm not willing to heal you? Is there even one time? No, he healed them all. 
every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. He healed them all. Amen. We waste time trying to earn love and acceptance from the Father. We already have it. If you are a blood-bought Christian washed in the blood of Jesus, you have been accepted in the beloved. You are a co-heir with Christ. You are engaged to him as the bride. Amen. We already have acceptance from the Father. Amen. Trying to convince God to heal, bless, or have favor on us. He decided a long time ago to heal us, to bless us, and to have favor on us. He made a promise to Abraham before any of us were even a thought. Amen. And he decided and he promised with himself that he would bless Abraham. Amen. And we get to receive that blessing through faith. Um, We waste our time trying to be worthy. Trying to be worthy. Wrong tree. Okay, worthiness was never a question, even in the Old Testament, uh, when there was the sacrifice for sins and things like that. When a sinner came to the priest, what was it that they were supposed to bring with them? A spotless lamb. Amen. What would the priest inspect? Did the priest inspect the sinner? No, because the sinner is there because he's sinful. There would be, expect, uh, let me inspect you. Yep, there's sin. (laughs) Right? The priest was there to inspect the lamb, and the question is, is this lamb worthy to be sacrificed to cover the sin? Amen? It is the wrong question to ask if we are worthy. If we're worthy of the blood of Jesus, if we're worthy to take communion, it's the wrong question. It's a question from the enemy, and it's a waste of time. It gets us on a treadmill of trying to earn the things that he already earned for us. Amen? Amen. Trying to be worthy is a waste of time. He already deemed you worthy of his blood. He paid the highest price for you, and you are worthy. Amen. (laughs) Trying to clean ourselves up. That is not something that we're even capable of doing. It's like my little son who's got a dirty diaper trying to clean up his diaper before he can get in my presence. He can't do it without me. (laughs) Amen. All right, and then evaluating our ability to perform what God has called us to. Evaluating your ability to perform what God has called you to is a waste of time. Let me just break it to you. He called you to impossible things. Amen. He called you to impossible things because you're going to do it with him and by his spirit and Jesus Christ inside of you, you can do it. Amen. All right, here's what we should be focusing on, our conviction of righteousness. That's what Holy Spirit is convicting to us as believers. You are righteous. You are righteous is what he proclaims over you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus paid a high price for your righteousness. Amen. Walk in it. Own it. Don't argue with his face over you. He loves you. He has pleasure over you. He delights in you. And he has made you righteous. It's a done deal. Amen. Hallelujah. What we should be focusing on is enjoying his presence. Enjoying his presence. It is the fullness of joy is found in his presence. In him we live and we move and we have our being. He is so good. I don't know what I would do without his presence. I don't know what I would do without him counseling me. I don't know what I would do without him setting me straight at times. His presence is amazing. It is full of joy. It is a pleasure to be in his presence. Amen. 
What we should be focusing on is receiving more and more of his love. Receiving more and more of his love. Very important. We cannot love others without first receiving from him, right? We love because he first loved us. Uh, What we should be focusing on is obeying his voice. And we're going to talk more about obedience in a second. Obeying his voice. Um, What we should be focusing on is healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, destroying the works of darkness. We should be focusing on creativity in our uniqueness. Creativity in our uniqueness. We should be focusing on loving others well, and we should be focusing on sharing the good news. Sharing the good news. Now let me stop for a second and talk about obedience because I said obedience and it's like the air got sucked out of the room and it's like, oh no, we're getting back into performing again because there's, I know there's bad news in here somewhere. Here comes the fine print that says, oh, this is the, the clause that says, no, actually I'm not righteous, okay? So on this tree over here, tree of death, we find obedience to the law, obedience to rules and regulations, and you can never get to God that way. You don't advance in the kingdom this way. It is not about this. You don't relate to God through death. Amen? If the law worked, then the, the Bible even says if there was a law that could achieve righteousness, God would have done it, but it doesn't work that way. Amen? Over here is the tree of life. Over here is where we're led by Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about obedience and wanting radical obedience, we're talking about obedience to the voice of Holy Spirit. Not to earn our salvation. We're already saved. It's settled. Our favor is already there. But Holy Spirit is there for us to lead us in place of the law. Does this make sense? So as we obey Holy Spirit, we're going to be walking in fullness of joy. We're going to be walking in the fullness of the things he's called us to. And it's a wild adventure, and it's fun. And I want to be so sensitive to his voice that the slightest little whim, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go after it. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Um, Let's talk about how to advance in the kingdom. Um, If we can put up on the screen Galatians 3. 1 through 3. Galatians 3, 1 through 3 says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Let's say that again. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So what this is saying is that the same way we got into the kingdom is the same way we advance in the kingdom, by believing good news. Amen? And it's the same with how we advance in the kingdom, not by going back to works of the flesh and how obedient can I be to rules and laws and all that kind of thing. No, we're going to walk by the Spirit, amen? We're going to walk by the Spirit, and we are not under the law, amen? We're going to walk by the Spirit. We begun by hearing with faith. We advance by hearing with faith.
It goes on to say, did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. So, are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? So, you start with hearing of faith but now he says you're trying to move back in the flesh again. You are in the flesh if you're focusing more on what you're doing than what you're believing. You are in the flesh if you're focusing more on what you're doing than what you're believing. Okay? So the opposite of faith is not unbelief. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is flesh, works, and performance. The opposite of faith is flesh, works, and performance. Now remember, there's two ways to approach God, and only one of them works. It's through this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, good things, bad things, right, wrong, rules, regulations, or connection and life through Jesus Christ. This is the only way that we can relate to God. Amen? Now, we're going to walk the line between tensions here because it's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself because later on we're going to talk about works. What I'm talking about over here is works that I'm going to evaluate with my own self-sufficiency based on my knowledge of what I think and I'm going to add and what, I, what the check boxes that I've determined or that the culture has determined or whatever, and I'm going to live by those works because I actually don't trust God to provide for me unless I am performing things. Does this make sense? Okay. Over here, we were created as Christ's workmanship, and we were created for good works. Oh, no, it's contradictory. No, it's not. Because over here in this tree, my identity is already secure. I am loved. I'm accepted. If I sat on the couch and ate potato chips for the rest of my life, he still loves me. But yet I have been created for good works, and until I step into them, I'm not going to experience the fullness of life and joy that God has called me to. Does he still love me? Yes. But over here, there are good works that Holy Spirit is leading me to walk into. Does this make sense? But it is not so that I can earn favor. It's not so that I can earn love. It's not so I can earn salvation. It is a result of it. Does this make sense? Okay, really important that we learn how to discern those things. Okay, so the opposite of faith is not unbelief, doubt, or fear. It is works and performance. Does that make sense? The same way we get into the kingdom is the same way we advance in the kingdom, by hearing good news and believing it. So you guys have heard the scripture, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, okay? You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So if the truth is what sets you free, then what is it that we are in bondage to? Lies. Somebody say lies. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> the thing that we are in bondage to is lies. Lies from the enemy, okay? The enemy has already been defeated. We don't have to defeat him again, Okay, the only thing he has on us is if he throws a lie out there and we say yes and amen to that lie. Amen. So 
if we are to know the truth and the truth shall set us free, then it's not so much about what we can do, but how much truth can we believe. That is what we're going after to advance in the kingdom. How much truth can you get inside of you? Amen? How much can we expel the works of darkness in the form of lies? Go look at all the verses on spiritual warfare. It's talking about strongholds of the mind. It's talking about arguments that get launched and things like that. It's all in the realm of the mind in terms of the lies that he tries to bring against us. Amen? Demons are real, but they are a lie, and you have power and authority over them. In Jesus Christ, amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Not in a prideful way of, I'm a Christian, so the enemy just can't touch me. No, there's squatters in the territory, and you got to get out your sword, right, and say, nope. you got to say no, but that's as, that's as hard as it is. We say no. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? Amen. It's not about how much you can do, but how much truth you can believe. So what are we supposed to do? Because this, this question comes up sometimes. We're not just supposed to sit around and do nothing, right? It's just like, okay, we're grace, grace, and rest, and so we're just sitting around doing nothing. No, not at all, okay? Um, I, I have my hands doing lots of things, okay? But what I'm doing is out of the overflow of my identity in Christ, I'm being led by Holy Spirit to know what are the God things that he's calling me to and not the good things that I think I should be doing. Amen? And so my life is busy in a beautiful way, and it is full of joy and life and all the, the different things of adventure with Holy Spirit. Amen? But it flows out of identity in him. And it's really important that we have that situated. Galatians 5.16 says, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So what happens when we've got dysfunction and stuff like this? Walk by the Spirit. Get into his presence. Open up your chest. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. Let him speak to you. Let him cleanse you with his word as far as all the dust and stuff that gets on our feet as we walk about this world. Let him expel lies from you and speak truth into you. And you make sure that you're partnering with him to believe as much truth as you possibly can. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus says in John 6 that he was the manna that came from heaven. But he says, but if we eat of him, we will live forever. And then the disciples got offended and they didn't understand what that meant, which is kind of funny because manna means what is it? And even to this day, everyone's like, what is it? You know, the disciples are like, what do you mean? And, and that being said, people look at Jesus and they still don't get it. They still say, what is it? That's, that's nothing like anything that we've seen in the kingdom of this world. Someone who would die for his creation, walk in absolute humility, lay down all the glory and, and riches of, of heaven to come and die for the people that were spitting and mocking him and that would nail him to a cross. It doesn't make sense. What is that? We, there's something inside of us that's just like, that just can't be true. It's too good. And I'm like, it is good. It's good news. Glad tidings of great joy. Amen? Amen. So then in John 6, 63, 
Jesus says to them, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So um, Pastor Daniel was talking uh, last week about um, Egypt and the wilderness and the promised land and things like that. So um, when you look at the children of Israel, how they were in slavery in Egypt, that represents the old life. It represents bondage. It represents when we were under the slave master, uh, you know, overwhelmed by our sin and all the, the horrible things, right? And then we go through the Red Sea. The Lord buries our enemy at the bottom of the sea. They can no longer uh, attack us anymore. It can't come after us anymore. That old life is dead and buried, and there's no way back to it. Amen? Hallelujah. That's represented in baptism, okay? In the wilderness... In the wilderness, he's training the children of Israel off of this tree over here. Just like, um, actually, you're not going to be self-sufficient. Actually, you're not going to store up manna for yourself and try to save it for months so that you can credit yourself with your hard work that you're able to eat. Amen? Actually, anytime you need water, we're going to provide it from you miraculously so that you can see that you can trust me. And over and over and over and over, he proves that they can depend on him and that they're just 100% dependent on him for everything, including their clothing that didn't wear out supernaturally. Amen. So we have this wilderness season where we're being trained in just being dependent on him and supernaturally being provided for and, and things like that. Amen. And now we have the promised land. And in the promised land, it is given by inheritance, amen? And this is a picture of our walk with Jesus and everything that we have in him by inheritance and by the promise that he promised long ago to Abraham, amen? Now, in the promised land, there are giants. There is also massive fruit, amen? There are squatters in the land, and this is where, after having learned that God is always there for us, he is always providing for us, now we step into our position as sons and daughters, and we take possession of the land that God has provided for us. Amen? We're not crying in the wilderness anymore saying, God, would you please, would you please help us, would you please? And he's like, stop crying to me, just part the sea. Amen. This is where we get to walk in the fullness of our identity and our nobility and royalty as children of God in the fullness of what he paid for. And we are going to cast out the giants and say, actually, you are my bread. Yum, num, 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 num. Right? And we're going to take possession of the land. The violent take it by force is what Dakota was, was quoting this morning. Amen. And so we rise up in our identity, get out our sword, squatters, get out. This land was provided for by my king. I know who I am, and this land is mine. Amen. I'm not evaluating whether or not I'm worthy of it because he gave it to me by inheritance. Does anyone ever have to prove that they're worthy of their inheritance, or is it just given? Amen. Hallelujah. So what, <laughs> someone make me a coffee too, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, Ephesians 2.10, if we could put that on the screens. Uh, what were we created for? What were we created for? Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 
okay? So God prepared good works for us to walk in. So knowing who our God is and the goodness of God, what kinds of works are these? Are these going to be heavy burdens and weights that we hate every day of our life and every step that we trudge? No, <laughs> because Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, come to me, you who are weary and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you are carrying a heavy burden, it is not from Jesus. If your yoke is heavy, it is not his yoke. Amen. Exchange it for his yoke that's easy and light and perfectly fit for you. So he created you for good works, okay? Not these works over here, but the good works that he prepared for you. And when you follow Holy Spirit, you're going to find yourself walking in them. And it's going to be fullness of joy. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be adventure. Amen? Flowing out of your salvation already being settled. Now, once again, does he love me if I choose to sit on the couch and eat potato chips for the rest of my life? Yep. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. I was his lost child, and now I'm found. He's so happy that I'm home. It doesn't matter what I'm able to accomplish for him because this is about relationship. I am his. Amen. Am I going to be walking fully in the abundance of life that he created me for and called me to? No. Am I going to be walking in fullness of joy and fulfillment? No. I'll probably be pretty depressed after a while, to be honest, because that's not, that's not what I was created for. I was created for adventure. I was created as nobility. I have things on the inside of me that maybe I, not, I don't understand, but something is not congruent when I sit on a couch and eat potato chips. Amen? Can I still access his presence while sitting on the couch eating potato chips? Yes. Where can I run from your presence, Lord? Even if I make my bed in Sheol, you are right there. Amen. We can't run from his presence. Will he be encouraging me in other things than sitting on the couch? Likely, yes. Right? Our goal is to be led by Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, again, with the two trees, this is how we discern the difference between things that sound like they're contradictory. We are not called to works. We are called to good works. Does this make sense? Okay. We're not called to obedience. We're called to obedience. <laughs> I feel sorry for you on the podcast. I'm pointing to different trees as I'm talking. Okay. All right. We're not called to self-sufficiency. We're called to do everything by his grace and leading and anointing. Amen. We're not called to trust ourselves. We're called to trust the Lord. We're not called to earn anything in him, and yet he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Is there more reward to be found over here than there is sitting on the couch and eating potato chips? You bet. Amen. All right. So rooted in your identity in Christ and your position as loved and accepted, we overflow. We overflow over here. First and foremost, what I was born for was to be his daughter. Just to worship him, just adore him and to be adored. Amen? Everything flows out of that position. You can only give away what you have. You can only give away what you have. Okay? 
In the kingdom, you can only get more when you give away what you have. I'm going to say that again. You can only give away what you have, and in the kingdom, you can only get more when you give away what you have. So I have freely received healing in my heart. I had that radical healing in my heart. I, I literally would not be alive today if it weren't for God showing up sovereignly and meeting me even though I didn't have the faith for it, and I got radical healing in my heart. Amen? But now freely I have received and now freely I give, and when I give, I get to see more and more and more increase in this area. I have gotten to see so many people get healed after that. And even though I would not want to walk through that situation again, I'm so thankful that I walked through it because of the fruit that came from it. Because anything that the enemy tries to do against us, he turns around for amazing good. Amen. When I give it away, I get more. Amen. You have something to give away. You have something to give away. All right, let's talk about good works. If we can put on the screen Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. So what is that saying? That God is the one who is putting in you the desire to do the things he's called you to do. And he's the one completing it right? So there's not even hard work involved in that. If you're just really looking for the fine print on like, where is it that I'm supposed to strive? You're not going to find it, okay? So he's the one that gives you the desire and, and the will to do the good works that he's called you to. And let's put up Proverbs 13, 12. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life, Desire fulfilled. Whose desire? The Lord's desire that he placed inside of you because he made the good works that he's called you to walk in before you were even born and he designed you perfectly for them. It is fullness of joy. It's adventure. It's everything that you're wired for that's uniquely different than anyone else that's sitting in this room. He's given you the desire for those things and desire fulfilled is a tree of life. There is life when you walk in these works. Amen. Hallelujah. Good works are not heavy weights. They're not burdens. They're what you were created for. People say, have you ever heard people say, like, this is what I was born to do, right? It's just like, oh, I just come alive when this is happening. Amen? And it can be different things in different ways at different times. There is no sacred versus secular. Amen? When, when he called David to play around with his slingshot, shooting bullseyes and targets and things like that, was there divine purpose in that? Absolutely. <laughs> and he was just having fun. He had no idea what God had in store. Amen? Okay. The real enemy that causes us to live below our identity is shame. And you find shame as the fruit of this tree over here. Okay? Immediately, when Adam and Eve ate of this tree, they felt shamed. They tried to cover themselves and hide and blame each other and things like that. So, shame is the real war. Shame wars against your identity. Shame says you are bad, you are not enough, you don't measure up. Be small, be unnoticeable, try and fit in. 
Shame tells you that you are unqualified for the things that God has called you to and prepared you for. And shame is a liar. Shame is a liar. Someone say, shame is a liar. Shame is a liar, okay? So then what is the opposite of shame? The opposite of shame is living fully alive in our identity and uniqueness. Living fully alive in our identity and our uniqueness. Being fully known with nothing hidden, with no comparison. Walking in royalty and authority because of what he did. Amen? The opposite of shame is boldness. The opposite of shame is boldness. Boldness comes from full conviction of the truth. I get bold when I believe tons of truth, and I'm fully convinced of that truth. I walk in boldness. Amen? All right. And then last scripture we're going to put up on the screen is Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were what? uneducated and what? Untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Amen. We don't have to try and qualify for the things that God has called us to. We walk fullness in the identity and the royalty that he's already paid for us in the uniqueness and the way he created us. We believe truth, we walk in boldness, and it doesn't matter whether we look qualified or not, people recognize you have been with Jesus. Something is different about you. Amen? Amen. The question isn't how qualified you are, but how much truth can you believe? The question isn't about how you can perform, but who are you hanging out with? Hang out with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. All right. So applying the good news and advancing in the kingdom to revival culture. Do you believe that you can heal the sick? <laughs> Do you believe that you can heal the sick? Let's talk about the fear of God. Okay. God does not tell us to do things that we can't do. Matthew 10, 8, he says, heal the sick. Amen? Do you believe in the fear of the Lord that what he says about you is true? Yes. Can you heal the sick? Yes. Say, I can heal the sick. <laughs> if there's a sick person in the park today, would you heal them? <laughs> there's no shame. No shame at all. Pay attention to the lies that pop up, okay? Little lies and little arguments that pop up. And what we want to do is get rid of those things, take your sword out, get more truth in, okay? Do you believe that you can heal, to heal a shoulder? Yes. Do you believe that you can heal cancer? Yes. <laughs> okay? Healing is not difficult. Healing is impossible, I'm going to say it again. Healing is not difficult. Healing is impossible. So if you can heal a shoulder, then you can heal cancer. If you can ha heal a, a hangnail, you can pull someone out of a wheelchair because it is impossible. How many people would spend 
hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to fix a knee that hurts, that constantly hurts or whatever. We see so many knees get healed. If God can heal, heal a knee, then he can pull someone out of a wheelchair too. And he can do it through me. Amen. And we get to walk in that boldness the more truth we believe. Not through our works and earning and flesh and striving. Amen. All right. So we want to walk in the fear of the Lord. I really, really, really want to steward who he says that I am. I think that's, that's the, the biggest concern um, in, in my heart and my life is, Lord, I want to walk in the fullness of the things that you're calling me to. I don't want to fall short of, of anything, not because I'm not going to go to heaven or because you're going to be super displeased with me or anything like that, but I just I don't want to let lies get in the way of the fullness of what you could have me walking in. Amen. I don't want to sell short what he paid for on the cross in my life. Amen. Because he paid too high a price. He's not just my life coach. He is my Lord. Amen. So how do I advance in the kingdom? Hang out with Jesus. Receive more love. Believe more truth. Obey Holy Spirit. And give away what you have. So Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that you truly paid it all. Lord, I thank you, Father, that when you look at us, you are rejoicing over us. You are rejoicing over us with tears. You're rejoicing over us with joy and delight. You are rejoicing over us with nothing but love and goodwill in your heart. I thank you that you are for us. 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 I thank you that we can fully trust you with everything, Lord Jesus, that we can truly lay our lives before you and walk in the fullness of what Holy Spirit's calling us to, knowing that it is going to be the fullness of joy we could possibly possibly experience because in your presence is fullness of joy and life and good things and intimacy and peace and all of the things that come along with you, Lord. And we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you did on the cross, Jesus. I pray, Father, throughout this week that you would convict us more and more of our righteousness, that you would convict us more and more and more of the truth that you want us to believe about the, the fullness of what you completed for us and who you've created us to be and what you've called us to walk in. And I pray that uh, you would silence the voice of the accuser and the one that would try to speak words of disqualification and shame. We just say no to shame in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for it, Lord. We just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. 